Hey guys, welcome back to the Apprehensively Vulnerable podcast. (laughs) Um, I have a lot that I want to talk about today and I also want to work on my podcast being a bit longer. So please bear with me while I work through the technical difficulties and the um, (laughs) everything that comes along with being a beginner. Um... So the topic of the day is going to be setting boundaries. Um, I've got a lot of requests on my YouTube channel to discuss setting boundaries, how to do it. I've also discussed the topic of setting boundaries and everything that comes along with it, which is just really a lot. (laughs) Um, I've gotten a lot of requests to talk about it because it's something that I recently started doing in 2020 when I realized that I was doing a lot of things and I positioned myself in a couple of situations that I feel like I could have avoided had I spoke up um, about what I wanted and set boundaries and told people "Mm, mm, my favorite word now no (laughs) Um, so I do want to talk about I guess we could say um, setting boundaries in the morning. Um, I believe that a good morning routine starts with your night routine. And lately I have been doing like a life audit, I guess you could say. And I've been evaluating like some of the things that I do that I just don't think are healthy. Um, In the first couple of episodes, we discussed being in college and how being in college is a great time to do a life audit and you don't have your parents or any adult or legal guardian telling you, you know, oh, like (laughs) growing up, my parents, um, they used to do this thing where we had to turn our phones in and once it hit like your bedtime, you had to put your phone and all of your electronics in their bedroom (laughs) and it was honestly the most annoying thing ever especially when I used my um phone as an alarm in the mornings and to be honest I was not really doing it because the year that they started implementing um turning your phones in I was a senior in high school and I was like, my younger siblings can rock out with that, but I'm on my way out of here. So I, I don't want to hear anything, you know, like I had an internship, I had an internship, um, and I had to be at work at like 10 AM. So I'm like, my parents, (laughs) you saying I have to turn my phone in, but nobody's offering to buy me an alarm clock and I cannot be late. So I was just like, I'm not really like I would kind of do it sometimes but not really and I mean they weren't really on me about it so um yeah anyway my parents would implement this thing where you had to turn your phone in at night and then you could get it back in the morning and it's a really healthy boundary to have like not sleeping with your phone in the room so like if you wake up in the middle of the night it doesn't you know tempt you to just start scrolling but back then it was really annoying because I'm just like they really be trying to stop the fun and I just really wasn't with it 
So anyway, I say all that to say a lot of the things that my parents did, although we sometimes, um, I have to have talks with them. <laughs> I have to sit my parents down and have a talk with them about, you know, some of the parenting um, skills and tactics because, you know, I am the oldest, so I was kind of the guinea pig. But um, I would say that that is one of the very um, healthy things that they attempted to implement and is something that I am starting to implement now. So thank you. So I say all that to say um, the morning routine starts with a night routine and my night routine right now, which I did it last night and honestly, it was such a great night. So what I do is I try to get myself in the shower. I try to get myself in the shower at a reasonable time because you guys, if you if you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, um, you know <laughs> about the shower. And I live in an apartment with a roommate and the hot water kind of uh, evaporates after um, one person showers so I have to wait if my roommate were to shower I would have to wait about two hours in order to get like a temperature of water that I'm okay showering with so I get in the shower um usually between 8 and nine thirty. so yeah I get in the shower do my um skincare routine and something I, I had to force myself to do last night that I was like dreading was I went to the store and I got a whole bunch of like new little things to try out and I made a mess like I was doing myself uh my physical self-care routine where I was like painting my toes and painting my nails and doing a face mask and I really made a mess my first instinct was like, go to sleep. You can take care of it in the morning. Like, it's fine. Nobody is clocking you. But then I really thought about it. And I was like, Christian, how long is it going to take you to tidy up this room? And I was like, it's really going to take me like 15 or 20 minutes. And then I'm going to be sleeping like a baby that just got some breast milk. So... I did it. <laughs> I cleaned up my room. I forced myself to clean up my room. It took me like 20, 25 minutes. And then my room was good. And the thing is, I cleaned my room on Fridays. Yesterday was Sunday. So it's kind of like, what's the point of me deep cleaning my room on Friday if it's just going to be a wreck by Sunday? So I, I do want to work on, you know, continuing to clean my room or do like tidying it up during the week so that I don't feel like it's only clean on Fridays. So anyway, yeah, um, I forced myself to clean up. Then I did everything I needed to do. And I really like to be sleeping by 1130. <laughs> but um, I gave myself a, f a couple extra minutes yesterday and um, I ended up putting my iPad away because <laughs> although it's cute, like, oh, I want to fall asleep watching a YouTube video or, you know, like, I just like the white noise. Like, there's been times when I've woken up in my bed and my iPad was, like, on the edge of the bed and I'm, like, about to have a panic attack because, no, I cannot, I cannot handle my iPad breaking, shattering, any of that because it was free and um yeah th shout out to my uncle 
um, for gifting me my iPad. It, it really, it really is um, a helpful tool. But I'm like, yeah, we can't have that. Like, that's one of my useful assets, and I can't go around telling people the way that my iPad broke was because I woke up and fell asleep in the bed, and it fe- like that's just too much. So, <sighs> along with you know, you just should not have technology in your bed like I'm doing a little bit well I'm not doing research let me let me not think like oh yeah I've been doing research one google search is not research but um I did see a couple articles where they tell you that like your phone is emitting these like waves that are so dangerous for you everything cause causes cancer and I'm just like I don't want no parts of that don't mess with um anything going on my body in these phones so what i do is i take all my technology the cords the computer the ipad my phone my airpods i take them and i put them very far away from my bed in the corner face down and um for my phone face down is important um just because i don't well, first of all, my phone's pretty much always on Do Not Disturb. My Do Not Disturb is from 9 p.m. in the evening until 12.30 in the afternoon. So my phone's pretty much on Do Not Disturb a lot, but um, I do have like favorites where they can still call me. And I don't know. I guess if they need to reach me, they can reach me, but I just rather have my phone face down because the the bright light can be distracting if you, you know, have a, you know, if you have a, um, a issue with, with the bright lights kind of like waking your brain up. So I put everything in the corner once I was ready to go to sleep and I just did some breathing exercises because I was kind of feeling... Um, a little bit restless because technically if I'm if I'm really being you know if I'm having the ideal night routine I would um I would prefer for no technology like 30 to 45 minutes before just so that my brain can like wind down and stuff but honestly yesterday was a lot for me and I left the house I was gone for like three hours and I was just doing a lot of stuff so I just rewarded myself with like winding down with YouTube um but the ideal night routine would involve you know putting everything away so yeah after I put my iPad away it was about eleven forty-five, and I just like kind of felt like restless like I was like kind of still awake but I'm like I know my body is tired if I just like do some breathing exercises and relax like I'll be able to go to sleep so yeah I did a couple breathing exercises went to sleep and then this morning I woke up at about 7 30 it was like 7 20 and I was like okay I'm satisfied I'm satisfied with this like I felt pretty rested um I woke up to a spotless room you know my diffuser is running with my uh lemon oil that I just got so I really do enjoy having a night routine where I am trying to be strategic about setting myself up for success the next morning And I feel like I did that because today I had a great morning. So let me tell you all about my morning and then we'll get into the the setting boundaries. 
Um, so this morning I woke up and, and I do need to purchase an alarm clock because I feel like checking the time on your electronics is just a way for you to get sucked into the matrix. So, um, I checked my iPad and it was 7.23 and to be honest, I got back in the bed because I was cold and that's the thing, like, the temperature that it is in the house right now, it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit and... (laughs) It's kind of cold, and I recently found out that I'm anemic, and I just I just have realized that when it's cold or if it's cool, I really have no motivation. Like, it makes me just want to crawl up in the bed and go back to sleep. So I got back in the bed for a couple of minutes, and then I read Tabitha Brown's book. I read about two to three chapters of her book, and I think... This is a vital moment in my morning routine because a lot of people, one, when they wake up, either the phone is in the bed with them or the phone is right next to them. So the fact that all of my electronics were farther away from me, it's kind of like, okay, I made that decision for myself last night to put them at a distance. Now, what are you going to do with this time that you have? So I decided to read the book. And then after I read the book, I was kind of tempted to put my AirPods in and um, listen to a podcast while I got ready um, to go. But I was just like, no, I have really good mornings when I force myself to do things in silence, although it may be very it's actually very uncomfortable. Like I really like to hear like a podcast in the background or like a YouTube video or music. But I have to think about like how much of the day is going to be consumed with background noise, white noise, and technology. So I'm like, okay, I can take 30 minutes of silence. Like, I'll just torture myself with that. And so, um, yeah. Oh, I also wanted to say that I noticed that it helps with my productivity when I close the air vents in my room. So if I'm cold in my room, I will close the vents up and then that helps with like the circulation and stuff. So that's part of like my morning routine. If I'm if I was still in my room right now, I would close the vents. But because I'm not there, um, I just left them open. So, yeah, so I read the book and then I got up and I was I was not hungry. I was getting ready for the gym. I was not hungry hungry today oh my gosh I was like I knew I was going to the gym today was my first day in the gym in weeks so clap for me but I did not want to eat anything but I was like if I go to the gym on an empty stomach I'll only be there for 10 minutes so I had some turkey bacon and then I prepared my snacks for the day I got some pretzels I got some pistachios and some apples and then I have this smoothie that I made yesterday I love to make smoothies when I'm like not in the mood for a smoothie and then I take them out the freezer when I'm ready for them and it's like the perfect texture because I like the texture of my smoothies to be like really like a slushy like really icy and stuff so yeah that's what I did so I have my smoothie I have my snacks and then I went to the gym and so I really enjoyed this morning routine because the only time I did go into my phone was to find a podcast. 
And I didn't text. I haven't texted anybody. I haven't talked to anybody today. The only person that I've been in communication with is myself. (laughs) Um, I mean, well, technically, I said hello to the people at the front desk at the gym. But, like, I don't think that really counts. So, yeah, I really like having that autonomy over my morning and, like, setting boundaries, like, I know it, it kind of sounds like I'm not really talking about anything, but it's hard when you have a lot of things going on on your phone when you know that people may be attempting to reach out to you. And I'm I'm the type of person where I will literally trip myself to, uh-oh, somebody. Uh-oh, I thought somebody was uh <laughs> coming into the room that I'm in at the library. Um, but... I would literally trip myself to help somebody else or to be there for somebody. And sometimes it's not always that. Most of the time, like, most of the time it's not that type of vibe. Like, I don't know why (laughs) I try to, like, break my neck to be there for people when it's not that serious. So if you text me at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m., I'll get to you. Like, my phone goes off of Do Not Disturb at 12.30. Like, I'll get to you. Like, I'm not ignoring you. I know that I'm intentionally not ignoring anybody, so I will get to them. So that's my purpose in telling you guys everything I did this morning without, you know, being on my phone. Only thing I did on my phone was select some podcasts. And then what, what I like to do while I am selecting my podcasts, is to get like four or five of them and then have them in a queue so that there's no excuse to like, oh, well, let me go find which one I'm going to listen to next. It's like, nope, you already got five of them lined up. Podcasts are usually 40 minutes to an hour. So that's like three to four hours of you just not even having to touch your phone. Um, So I really, really liked how my morning turned out. Um, I went to the gym, first day back at the gym, it was good. I really like going early in the morning because I do not like packed gyms, so 8.30 is definitely a great time for me to be at the gym. And now I'm at the library, so now I'm at the library recording this podcast, and I'm really excited to see how my life transforms with um, setting boundaries in my morning routine as well as in my overall life. So now that we have gotten, we have gotten through the introduction, we can discuss setting boundaries. So this is a topic that I absolutely am, uh, I would say excited, but timid to approach because there's going to be a lot of realness and authenticity that I may not be ready for. Um, So I'm just going to try my best to talk, (laughs) just speak, because I feel like um, something that you guys may not know is that the last podcast episode, um, I had to re-record that episode about three times. And the reason why you guys got the final version, the one that is on my um, all of my platforms now, is because I kept making excuses for other people. 
And it's hard when you're calling, not calling out, I don't know what other word to use right now, but when you are basically, I don't even want to say exposing, because it's not like boo or like gotcha. It's just like, listen, like this is how I felt growing up as a child. And these are some of the things that my parents were doing that I didn't agree with or just as a child didn't make me feel um, heard. And it's hard to call out people that you love because, of course, sometimes there are some, some mental illnesses where people will purposefully do things to you in order to inflict pain but a lot of the time especially if it is a loved one they are not intentionally doing things to hurt you but it still happens and that's the hard part is um an eight-year-old telling their mom like mom you're not listening to me like a lot of Unfortunately, a lot of black parents are going to be like, sit your black A down and be in a child's place. Nobody cares what you have to say. Now, I never experienced that level of (laughs) um, anybody being dismissive towards me, but it just can sometimes feel like you're talking to a brick wall, you know? So as a person that's learning to set boundaries, it's really hard to not not pay attention to the the person's reaction to your boundary. And let me not say not pay attention to, but not take it personally. And I really do hate that phrase because I feel like it dehumanizes the human experience by saying, oh, even though a person is, you know, being abusive towards you, it's not about you. And it's just like, doesn't feel like it. So let's get into setting boundaries. Um, So uh, honestly, the moment that I realized that a boundary, well, in in my near, (laughs) I don't want to, how do you say in my near past? There we go. In the recent past, I realized that I needed to set a boundary in my first dorm situation. So a little bit of background about this experience. So my freshman year of college, I was rooming with a senior. And we had a meeting with the RA where we talked about our expectations. We talked about you know, our bedtimes and like what time we usually go to sleep. We talked about guests and we signed our roommate agreement. (laughs) So the first semester was going pretty well. We didn't have any issues until one day I didn't have class and somebody called me on FaceTime at like 11 a.m. So I answered the phone, not being loud at all, talking in a pretty normal tone. And um, the room that I was in, you know, when you are in the style of dorm that I was in, it's two rooms, four beds. So I shared a room 
with the other roommate, um, we had separate beds. So she was asleep, and it was 11 a.m. And I was on the phone, and she woke up and was like, hey, not to be... um, I don't curse, but I do quote people. So she said, hey, not to be a bitch, but I can't sleep with noise. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Like, it was like kind of weird to me that she was telling me to be quiet in my own room at 11 a.m. But I still am the type of person that even though, even if I feel like somebody's boundaries are strange, I will still try to work with you. So I said, okay. And then for the remainder of the fall semester, which was from about maybe September slash November to December, Every time I had a phone call, I would... Everybody knew the drill. <laughs> if you were getting on the phone with me, my phone was probably going to be in my, my room and I was probably going to be in the bathroom. Or I would go to the lounge area um, and I would go in there. So anytime I had to make a phone call, I would literally leave the room. And so it happened again. It happened again the next semester where I was on the phone at a time that I felt was like, like, yeah, it'd be different if I was on the phone at like five o'clock in the morning and you're trying to sleep. But it's just like 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Like at this point, I'm uncomfortable in my own space because something that I don't know why they even paired us together like they should have just you know put two night owls together but my roommate would go to sleep around between like 2 a.m and 5 a.m in the morning and I um I'm a person that I like to sleep in the dark but something that we wrote into the roommate agreement was she was like, I am a, she was like a biology or like a chemistry major or something. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I understand that living in a space with another person may mean that I may not always get the ideal experience. But let, let's say she said uh, she wanted to keep her lamp on to study. And my preference would be to be in a pitch black dark room. But I said, okay, that's fine. You know, you can keep your lamp on. If anything, I'll go under the covers or I'll get like a face mask or something. And so for me to be in a position where I was compromising for you, but you weren't compromising for me was a bit like, hmm, that's odd. So the second time that it happened where she woke up and I was on the phone, She said, hey, remember that time I told you that I can't sleep with noise? And I was like, yeah, I remember you saying that. And I said, well, can we come up with like a schedule or like a routine? Because it does seem like your, you know, your sleep schedule is is pretty unpredictable and you stay up really late. So can we just come up with a, like a quiet hours time and then any you know time outside of the quiet hours, you know, I could just do what I want. And she was like, no. She was like, I don't think that's fair because I don't think that I should have to change my sleep schedule 
and be she said something about like being militant or like being in the military like I don't feel like I should have to change my sleep schedule in order for you to be on the phone and she was like I think we should speak to the RA and I was like okay that is completely fine with me so she contacted the RA the RA came and we talked and I said she doesn't want me on the phone at 11 o'clock in the morning and she sleeps until you know 2 p.m in the afternoon here's what's going on and he had to tell her like you can't tell your roommate you know I don't want you to be on the phone like it's not only your room like that's the that's the uh, beauty of being in a shared space is that you're paying the price to live with someone else. You're not paying for a single. If you, you know, you're paying for a shared space. And so she did not like that the RA said what he said. And he asked her, what time do you think is is reasonable for Christian to start being on the phone? And she said 2 p.m., and he said, Christian, what, what time do you think is a good time? And I wanted to say 10 a.m., but I said 11.30 if I'm, you know, but that's pushing it. I was like, 11.30. And so he was like, okay, well, let's just say 12, which, to be honest, that was him being on my side because that's not even in the middle of the two times. But that just shows you, you know, what was, you know, who was really right. But anyway, it's really not about who's right. So after this conversation... She did not speak a word to me. This conversation happened in February, and then the pandemic started in March. So we only lived together for like five more weeks. But she did not, she stopped speaking to me after that. And I just could not really understand how. A person could have such a my way or the highway mindset. And, you know, I guess, you know, she had gotten comfortable. I could understand, you know, how it could be frustrating for you to be used to a certain type of treatment and then all of a sudden it not be happening anymore. But she had said something, you know, while we were talking to the RA that kind of made me think. And she was just like... I don't understand why she's on the phone and she's not being considerate that I'm sleeping. But when I'm on the phone at 3 a.m., I'm considerate of her. And I was just like, I cannot believe that this is a senior. This is a 21-year-old that can legally purchase alcohol and can be on the street driving, putting people in danger. Because if if this is the type of logic that you're walking around saying, I'm courteous of you at 3 a.m. when I'm on the phone and you're not being courteous (laughs) you're not being courteous of me at 11 a.m. like these are the type of people that are going into the workforce interesting interesting so yeah that's what happened and as a person that I would say I have a mixture I don't want to I don't want to claim that I don't want to say I have it but a person that is working on and struggles with one being vulnerable and two uh, being a people pleaser it was kind of like a slap in the face 
And it made me feel like anytime that I'm honest with somebody about my true feelings, and I, I, I think I really do try to do, try to do a good job with my presentation and delivery of my feelings. I try to make sure that my tone is good. I try to make sure that I'm using very kind and caring words. And it just feels like no matter how I present my true authentic feelings, people will take what I said, like, and just flip it and then turn it into something that it absolutely was not, take it personally, and then use it against me. And I really hated that feeling. I was just like, wow, so this is what it feels like when you tell people how you feel? Um, And so that made me definitely not want to open up. Um, so that was my freshman year dorming, my dorm situation in my freshman year. Um, we can skip over sophomore year and we can fast forward to junior year. So I'm going to be a senior, um, in like four weeks. So this is recent. So junior year. So my roommate that I have right now, we met we had you know been in the same circles didn't really know one another but we had mutuals I guess you could say or like we just yeah we had mutuals so um we decided to room together everything was going great and then the situation happened so I haven't spoken about this situation um, at all on any of my platforms, like specifically like the initial situation, because um, unfortunately when bad things happen to me, I have to, you know, really weigh the pros and the cons of me discussing um, what happened because I know that I'm gonna get backlash and that sucks because I'm not in the wrong. <laughs> but I have to consider like what type of backlash is is my mental health okay with the type of backlash that I'm about to receive right now? So I have to ask myself that question. And back then along with the um ment- the mental turmoil that the situation had me going through. I didn't think additional backlash from the people in the situation seeing any type of content about it. I like I just didn't have the mental capacity for it. So I was like, I may not talk about it. I may talk about it, but I'm going to have to wait and wait for things to cool down. So it's my first time talking about it. Y'all can tell I'm nervous. Whew. So what happened was my family came to see me in December. It was around Christmas time. It was around Omicron. And my family came to see me and everything was fine. A couple days later after my family came to see me, I was notified that one of my family members was uh, tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, oh no. But mind you, it had been like four to five days since I had seen them. So I'm thinking, yeah, they probably contracted COVID after they saw me, but I'll still take a rapid test 
and I really am not am not a fan of rapid tests because my parents they got a false positive I don't know how both of them got it they the the facility that they were taking the test at probably I don't know maybe they weren't um they weren't holding the test in like the proper temperature I don't know what was going on but they got false positive so I've never really been a fan of the rapid test but I found out that the person um tested positive and then I was like okay well I'll just take um a test just to be sure and then when the campus PCR testing opens back up I'll go over there just to you know be sure sure but I was pretty sure I didn't have it I didn't have any symptoms I'm chilling so a couple days go by I'm fine so turns out that they definitely contracted COVID um after I saw them so my roommate comes back from winter break and, you know, we're all catching up and stuff. And she was, you know, expressing to me her disappointment in not being able to see a lot of her friends in her hometown because of, you know, the Omicron variant just spreading rapidly. And I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about that Omicron. It's crazy. I was like, yeah, one of my family members um, contracted it, but I took a test and I'm fine. And um, something that you all should should know is that um, there is a bit of health anxiety that goes on. Like, I, everything, I feel like a lot of people with anxiety do. Um, well, the, my roommate, I don't know if she's been diagnosed, but a lot of people that do, you know, deal with anxiety on any type of level, they do have a little bit of health anxiety. Um, so a lot of people, it used to be called being a hypochondriac, but I think they like tried to change the name and just call it, call it health anxiety. So my roommate has expressed to me in the past that she has health anxiety, um, and that she, you know, she would just be taking a lot of COVID tests without having symptoms and like just anytime she'd be like, oh, if, if I breathe, if I sneeze a certain type of way, you know, i I feel like I have to take a test, you know, just that type of vibe. Like, she's just really scared. We've discussed, you know, you know, COVID safety and things. And one of the reasons why we were rooming with one another was because we shared some of the same mentalities in terms of COVID. Because a lot of people our age, which are college students, um, they're not really too concerned about COVID. Like, we were in a whole lockdown. They were still partying. They were still going out. And I'm not judging anybody, but that's just not going to be me. Like, um, nobody really knew what was going on, how you could spread it. And so we were strong believers in, like, I'm not going to be out here. Like, it's, it's really going to be going to class, grocery store, and back to the apartment. And so once I told her, you know, that my family member tested positive, but I took a test and was fine, um... I didn't really think anything of it. I went to the grocery store and came home. So she, when I got home from the grocery store, she was like, hey, can you Lysol down your groceries? And I just kind of, I felt like that was extra. And so I was in, in, in the midst of me working on setting boundaries. I was like, I don't want to Lysol like my groceries. Like it was the people 
the people pleaser in me was like, I'll do it, but like, I don't really want to. So what I did was I was like, I'll compromise. And I was like, no, I'm not going to lie. So my <laughs> groceries down because I got like fruit and produce and stuff. I was like, I'm not going to Lysol my groceries down, but I'll wipe things down with a, um, with a Clorox wipe, which I still didn't want to do. So that's, all, that's already me, you know, not having good boundaries. Like, I could have just said no, but obviously it was something in me that didn't want to make the, didn't want to make my roommate upset or mad. And so um, I, you know, wiped down my groceries with a Clorox wipe, whatever, whatever. So then she comes up to me and she says, hey, have you taken a second COVID test? And I was like, no. And she was like, you're supposed to take two COVID tests. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, yes, you're supposed to take another COVID test three days after. Or it was like three to five days. I think she said like two to three days. She was like, you're supposed to take another test. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she was like, yes, you are. And she was like, well, you know, the person that you contracted it from, it probably was still in their body. And da 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 She just kept going on and on about how I probably had COVID. And I was like, to be honest with you, I don't like rapid tests. I, the reason that I used the rapid test was because I felt like it was more so, let me just take this because I don't know when you're coming back from winter break. And... I want to make sure that, you know, I can do what I can do to protect you and anybody else that I may come in contact if I do have it. But I do not prefer PCR. So the the campus testing center is free. It's F-R-E-E. So what I told her was what I'm willing to do is the the test that I have, the rapid test that I have, I was considering them for emergency only a, fu- a, a a fact that you need to know about these rapid tests is that my roommate came up to me one day and was like hey i'm going to get some free rapid tests from this place around the corner do you want to walk with me and i said sure and so we stood in the cold for like an hour and we both got the test for free and so she was just like, you wouldn't even have those uh, tests if it weren't for me. If I wouldn't have told you about the free tests, you would have never had them. And what I told her was the tests that I got for free are for emergencies. And I would not consider this situation to be an emergency. If I'm already telling you that my test is negative, I'm not going to take another test to prove what we already know. I said, what I'm willing to do is if you want um, a faster result, you, you can feel free to purchase a rapid test for me, which I would be willing to take. Or what we can do, because it seems like your concern is me passing COVID on to you, because the reality is we've already been in the space with one another for hours. So if I have it, you have it too. So what I said was, when the free testing center opens back up on the campus, on campus, we can both go. So we could take the free option. You could wait a couple of days. Then when the testing center opens up, we go together. We wait 24 hours and then we'll both have our negative results. And she told me, no, she said, no, I don't want to do that. You need, you need to take a rapid test. And I said, no. 
and I, and then she said, well, how about we wear masks around each other? <laughs> and I was like, feel free to do whatever you want, but I'm not going to wear a mask in my own house. So she got upset with me and she said, um, see, this is why I knew. Basically, she just was like trying to attack my character. And she was just like, we've had multiple conversations about COVID safety. And you, I, now I know that you just can't be trusted. Now I know that, that you, just, you just can't handle the responsibility and you just can't be trusted. And <laughs> it really did like, then I have another like double slap in my face because not only am I trying to work with you, like I could have said flat out no. I took a negative test. The test is negative. No, I'm not taking another one. I was never actually exposed. Like it was literally a false alarm. I could have said no from the beginning. But me trying to work with you and make you more comfortable. I'm trying to work with you here. I'm trying to benefit you. And you are calling me names and saying that I'm irresponsible. So um, at that point, she starts wearing her mask around me in the common spaces. And she starts Lysoling everything. Every time she comes in the room, she's Lysoling. She's opening up the windows so that we have ventilation. And like there was this one time when I was coming in the house and she didn't realize that I was coming home. And so she literally ran to her room as I was opening the door. It was the funniest thing ever. So that, that was going on for about two weeks where she was just avoiding me, wearing her mask, not wanting to be in the same space as me, not speaking to me, silent treatment. So one day, and I talked about this on my YouTube channel, I believe the, the video was Authentic Vlog, where, what was the title? Just go watch all my authentic vlogs, but it's the one where the thumbnail is of me like in the bathroom doing my hair. So I talked about that in the, in the authentic vlog. Um, but basically, something that we do, um, something that we do while we're cooking sometimes, if we're cooking at a high heat, um, is open up the window. And she came over to the window and opened it while it was snowing, and I was sitting beside it. So I'm like, okay, in a normal circumstance where, you know, a person isn't sitting by the window, it would be fine to open up the window. But one, you see me already on the couch under the covers. So I'm, I'm already cold. And then it's 20 degrees outside and it's snowing outside. And she just opens the window. At first, I was going to let it slide. Well, let me not say let it slide. At first, I was going to let her trample over my boundaries. But then I thought about it and I was just like, if I don't say anything, I'm basic, I'm being complacent. I'm basically saying you can do whatever you want to me and I won't say anything. So I just closed the window respectfully. And she came over to me and was like, I don't have time for your childish games right now. You see that I'm cooking. You see that I'm frying fish or whatever she was frying. It might have been chicken. She was like, you see that I'm cooking. You need to open up the window. You know that's what we do so the alarm doesn't go off. 
and I was like, <clears throat> I just sneezed, sorry. And I didn't say anything. I just, I kept my mouth so tightly shut. So it was just a back and forth of closing and opening the window. So finally, I got up because I had to go to the bathroom. So I get up and I go to the restroom and I come back and I had closed the window before I went to the restroom. And when I came back, it was open again. So I closed it again and she comes back over to me and she gets in my face with a mask on, might I add. So if your whole point is to avoid getting COVID, you're really, you're really, you're you're closer than six feet. So... She comes over to me and she's just like, Christian, I don't have time for this. You know, my mom has done a lot for us to be in this apartment. So basically, let me tell you what, your, what, her, what her mom did. Her mom, you know, came to view the apartment in person before we signed the lease. Her mom also talked to the leasing office so that we didn't have to... Um, pay an extra $50 a month because the rent was going up $100. And we were told that the rent wasn't changing because, it, you know, we, I think her mom asked, you know, the girls are going to be here for two years, so um, is the rent going to go up the second year? And she was told no. So when she found out that the rent was going up $100 a month, she talked to the leasing office, and we got, like, we still, we st- we're still getting um, the rent still going up. It's just that it's not going up a full hundred dollars. So she was just like, my mom has done a whole bunch of stuff. And my parents have done so much for me in order for me to be here. And I refuse to be uncomfortable in my own space. So do whatever you need to do. You know, all of this home decor wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. Mind you, I paid her half for everything. If it was up to me, I'm a minimalist. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have any furniture. Literally, I'll I'll literally probably just have one chair because I do not care. Like I'm in the mindset of I'm only gonna be here for short short term, and I don't have to have all the glitz and glam that come along with home decor. So she was just like, all of this home decor wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. And I'm just like, girl, I paid like half of it is mine. I paid half for the TV. I paid half for the rug. I paid half for the plant. I paid, I paid half for the couch. I paid half for the paintings. Like, let's not do... I paid half for the dining table. I paid half for the chair. So let's, let's not do this whole where you're in this position because of me. Like, no. You, you may have selected or said, hey, Christian, what do you think about this? But at the end of the day, it's half mine. Everything in here is half mine because I paid with my money. Not even money that I borrowed from my parents. I paid with my money that I bought, I mean, that I bought, (laughs) that I earned. I paid with my money that I earned. So, like, do not play this game of look at everything I've done for you. So she's just in my face, like, you need to, you know, put your room on the sublet website so that you can get out. And in this moment, I've discussed that I was really big on meditation. And that is the absolute only way I was able to sit there in the moment of discomfort and disgust and just breathe and just be like wow like she kept 
taunting me like Christians say something say something I know you have something to say like we've had uh we've had mature conversations in the past if you want to go to the dining table and have a conversation like adults let's do it and I'm just like girl you are not ready to have any conversation like an adult do you realize that you're screaming at me for 15 minutes and I have yet to say anything so after her 15 minute explosion and she realizes that she's not going to get a reaction out of me she finish she finishes her uh cooking her meal and she goes into her room a couple minutes after she goes into her room i hear crying i hear crying i wish y'all could see my face crying when you just verbally assaulted me you want to cry now you want to cry Right now, after, if anybody should be bawling, if anybody should be calling the police, it should be me. I know, this is, this is the crazy life I live, y'all. This can't be made up. Like, I really need to make a movie about my life because you want to you wanna scream at me and insult my character for 15 minutes and then go in your room and cry? It's crazy. So, that night, that evening, I get a link to a Zoom meeting. And the Zoom meeting says intervention between myself and my roommate. So we get on, <laughs> we get on Zoom. I told my, first of all, I told my mom, mom, I don't want to go. I feel like there's nothing to talk about. We're in this situation because she's, enti- she's acting entitled. And all of this is over a COVID test that I didn't need to take. And, it's, and I feel like it's more than the COVID test. It's more about, I want things, I've, I've been in, a lot of situations where people like people are like my way or the highway my way or you're a bad person my way or you don't care about me my way or I'm gonna give you the silent treatment and so we get on zoom and you know my roommate's mom is like you know uh, the reason why I've called everybody here to this meeting is because there seems to be some challenges going on between the girls and we're here to flesh things out. So she, you know, talked and said how she felt and what happened with the situation. And, you know, nobody cut her off, let her talk. All I did was take notes on the certain things that she said that I disagreed with. And then when it was my time to talk, I said what I had to say. And so, you know, she ended up apologizing to me and she said, I'm sorry for everything that I said to you yesterday. It was all out of anger, and I said those things to hurt you in the moment. And I kind of feel like there are some things that you just can't come back from, and they're just too hurtful. And so, you know, I was, like, willing to accept the apology, but definitely I was on edge, like, if you could do that, because of a very simple situation of me being uncomfortable, you know, not wanting to be, you know, snowed on in the house. Like, I can't imagine, like, what other situations that you would be in where I would just be like, this is ridiculous. So, you know, I was like, okay, that's a, that's a cute apology, but, like, let's see how you act moving forward. And so her mom was saying, like, you guys don't have to be the best of friends. You don't have to have any crazy conversations. But I would recommend, because we weren't speaking at all. She was like, I would recommend that, you know, you greet each other when you enter the room. And I was like, okay, I don't have any problem doing that. 
So I was like, we don't have to be best of friends. This is me in my head. I was like, we don't have to be best of friends. But what I can do is I can do that. I can say hi. I can say hello. I can say good morning. I could do that. Um, plus, it's pretty awkward to be in the same space as another party and not even acknowledge their existence. I just feel like that's really that's really not okay. So from that day forward, after we had the meeting, I would always say hello to her when I entered the room. So after a couple weeks of, you know, doing the whole greetings thing, it started to feel forced. And so every time I would say hello or good morning to her, her the tone in which she responded was kind of monotone or like irritated. And so I didn't know what was going on, but I was just like, I'm very like, it's making me anxious because when I say hello to her, I'm always like, uh-oh, what kind of mood is she going to be in today? And, the, and a majority of the time, it was a very bothered and like irritated response or like, I'm just saying hi to you because I told my mom I would, like that type of vibe. So I said, you know what? This seems very forced and I'm not about doing anything that's forced. So I said, I'm going to stop greeting her. And it wasn't like, I'm going to stop and be petty. It was like, this is a social experiment because it really feels like you're doing this because mommy said so. So I said, I'm going to stop saying hi to her and see what happens. So we stopped. Well, I stopped. I stopped being the first one to say hello every morning or every time. We came in contact with one another. And y'all want to know what happened? We didn't talk at all. So I said, oh, wow, it was Christian, you know, holding everything together. Otherwise, we would have nothing. And so, yeah, that's what happened. And so I was like, okay, I'm cool. And so me, you know, seeing, okay, so I walked in the house one day and the fridge was open and it was not the first time that it happened. There have been times when I walked in the kitchen and the freezer was open. And so I had to like have a little meeting with her and say, hey, you know, do you have some time to talk? And she was like, yeah, because my idea was moving forward. Anything that is bothering me in the moment, I'm going to have to put all of my insecurities and my apprehensions aside. And I'm going to have to speak up about it, even if I'm scared, because then I can't say I harbored these feelings for months. You know, I remember six months ago when you did this and it really bothered me. And I've been holding that resentment for like, I didn't want to do that. And so I would really force myself to like, okay, Christian, just tell her what's going on. So I came to her and I said, hey, I've been noticing. Well, first of all, let's talk about how the time that the freezer was left open all night, I had to throw away all of my like, I had to throw away a lot of my stuff. And that was really an inconvenience. And I'm like, there's only two people in here. So I know it wasn't me. So I know it was you. And like, no accountability was taken. It was kind of like, she was kind of aloof and like in the clouds and like, oh, the freezer was open? Oh my God, how did that happen? I'm like, girl, it was you. <laughs> so I just told her, I was like, I don't know what's going on with the, you know, sometimes frid like refrigerators and freezers, the, they have a little strip that can get, the, the adhesive can get like kind of loose. 
So I said, um, I've noticed a couple of times I've come home and the fridge has been open or the freezer has been open and I've had to throw a lot of my food items away because of it. So I just want to make you aware um, of the fact that um, this is happening and I think that this is something that we should work on. Um, and I also brought to her attention, you know, that we were both using ice and she had purchased a, um, ice tray. And I was like, Hey, I noticed that we're both using the ice tray now. Um, and when I come in the mornings to fill my water up for the day, I like to have a lot of ice in my water bottle. And could you just do me a favor and fill up the ice tray? Um, if you remove any cubes and she said, sure, I can do that. No problem. I said, you know, Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you tell me, you know, that I can do it, I'm going to, you know, sorry, y'all. I had no idea that I had been talking for an hour and I lost track of time and anchor, I guess said, baby, you can only have an hour, which I did not know. So I don't know where I left off, but basically I talked to my roommate and I'm probably going to make this um, episode. Maybe I'll make this two parts because it's getting kind of long. But um, basically I talked to my roommate and I told her like, hey, I see that we're both using the ice tray and could you just fill up the ice tray so that we can both have ice? And some people may say, Christian, why didn't you just get your own ice tray? I thought of doing the same. Excuse me. But the reason I didn't get, I didn't want to get another ice tray is because we have a very, very small freezer. And I'm the type of person where if I go to the store and I'm getting things that can be put in the freezer, I would like to purchase like more so that I don't have to go back to the store. But if we have two ice trays in the freezer, for like that's just and we already have a small freezer it's kind of like why don't we just have a discussion about hey could you fill it up if you take the cubes out instead of having two ice cubes I mean two ice trays in a freezer where it's already very small where that space could be used for something more important like actual food so that's why I didn't want to go purchase my own because I was like it's going to take up unnecessary space so There was a situation that happened where, well, rewind, because I have to give you context. One time, okay, so I told her I'm going to be having rehearsals on Tuesday nights. So she got out of rehearsal at 7. I got out of rehearsal at 7.15. But sometimes I would beat her home. And we have already, we discovered by this time that the hot water is (laughs) scarce. Um, It's is it is it scarce or scarce? I think it's scarce. Yeah, I think it's scarce. That basically, if one person showers, you're not gonna have hot water for two hours. So I'd be rushing to beat her home so I can get my hot water because she's more of a night owl. Like she stays up to like one, two, three in the morning sometimes. But me, <laughs> I already told y'all, my bedtime is eleven thirty, so I cannot be waiting until eleven p.m. to shower. If I think I'm going to be up at a reasonable time in the morning and not be groggy. So anyway, what I told her was because I already knew she was going to act act bothered if it seemed like I was trying to get in front of her on purpose. So what I told her was, hey, I'm going to be having rehearsals on Tuesday nights. 
So if you see me, you know, getting in the shower before you, it's not because I purposefully, because I didn't want her to think I had been home all day. And then as soon as she got home, I was like, oh, let me get in the shower because I know she's on the way home. Like, I don't want, I didn't want her to feel that way. So I was just like, hey, I have rehearsal. Um, I'm going to be, if you're not home, I'm going to get in the shower. So she was like, I was like, are you okay with that? She was like, yeah. So one time I get out the shower and she's sitting at the dining table and I I come out of my room and she was like, there better be some hot water left for me. And I was like, excuse me, what? And she was like, you just took a shower. You've been home all day. I was like, no, I told you that. See, this is see, this is why you got to tell people. I said, no, I told you I have rehearsals from five thirty uh, from five to seven, five fifteen to seven fifteen on Tuesdays. This is exactly why I told her, because you're all she. Uh, uh, why do you why do you think I would purposefully anyway? So after she came out, I came out of the shower and she told me there better be some hot water. And I told her, hey. Uh, I already told you I have rehearsal from 5.15 to 7.15 on Tuesdays. She was like, she didn't even, she didn't apologize. Like she, basically she was accusing me without saying you hopped in front of me. I was, she didn't, she didn't even apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry for accusing you. Or yeah, you did tell me that. And I forgot. She didn't say anything. She just like shrugged her shoulders. So that kind of made me on edge. So from that day forward, I kind of felt like, any time that I knew she was coming home um, and we were kind of, you know, going to be home around the same time, I would just force myself to get in the shower, even if I didn't want to, because I didn't want her to think that I had purposefully. Um, I didn't want there to be any tension with her thinking, oh, Christian, Christian is purposefully, you know, taking all the hot water or she you know, but like I just didn't want any of that. And so I would curate my evenings to where I would get in the shower and then allow for two hours to pass so that by the time she got home she would have hot water so the situation happened where I had been out all day very exhausting day I had like four dance rehearsals back to back and one of them was at the theater. And if you're a dancer or if you're in the arts, you know that when you have rehearsal at the theater, how stressful those can be because um, that particular rehearsal that I was at, the show was literally, it was literally like the next day or something. Or yeah, it was, the, it was like the next day or something. So I was like stressed out. I had been home. I had been gone for literally like 12 hours. And I was like so, I was just so ready to eat my food and take a shower and wash my face and get in the bed. So when I got home, it was like 9.30. So I'm thinking, okay, she's been home all day. I, I, the last thing on my mind is thinking about her hopping in the shower in front of me, because like I told you guys, you have to wait two hours in order for there to be hot water again. So I'm, you know, on the phone with my friend and I, you know, was warming up. Like I didn't even cook. That's how quick it was. I did not cook. All I did was warm up my leftovers and eat them. So then I warm up my leftovers, eat them, and I go to wash my face. And as I'm saying to my friend, hey, um, I'm done washing my face now. I'm about to get in the shower. I'll talk to you later. I hear the faucet, like the shower faucet go on. And I'm like, are you serious? You're you're telling me you've been home all day and you're going to wait till I get home and I'm about to get in the shower at 10 o'clock. 
for you to take a shower. Now you're dead wrong. That's that's what I was thinking in my head. Like you are dead wrong right now. Like you didn't even think to like knock on my door and say, "Hey Christian, are you about to take a shower?" or like anything. You just you just like, "Okay, well, Christian just got home after being gone for 12." Like I know I know that, you know, she's not thinking this in her mind most likely, but like in my mind I'm like, "You know I've been gone all day." And you know that after being at multiple, bro, I know I was boofing. I know I was, I know I was boofing. Like, I know I really needed that shower. So I was very irritated and I texted my friend. I was like, girl, I cannot believe this. After you sat in my face and tried to accuse me of, of purposefully and intentionally getting in the shower before you, you want to get in the shower before me when I've been gone all day and you've been home all day. So that's the thing. Like, it's not really like, it's the expectation of, I want you to do this for me, but I ain't going to do it for you. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy. So I'm fuming. I had to wait till midnight to get hot water. And I got in the shower and I was pissed. (laughs) So I got in the shower, went to bed. And I don't know if it was, was it the next day that I asked her if she had time? I think it was the next day. Yeah, I believe it was. So the next day, it was really bothering me. And I said, you know what, Christian? We're working on setting boundaries. We're working on expressing to people when things bother you. So, you know, just have a conversation with her and let her know that you were disturbed. Because we've had conversations and you have put this expectation on me of like knowing your schedule so it's like when you want things done for you but you're not going to do them for other people and that's not reciprocal it's not fair and it's 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 crazy that you have the expectation and you have this double standard so I said hey do you have some time to talk and she said um yes but she looked annoyed she looked annoyed at the conversation already because now it's starting to feel like, okay, every time I have a conversation with Christian, it's, oh, what am I doing wrong? But the thing about it is every time we'd have a conversation, I would say, hey, before I say what I have to say, please let me know if there's anything that I am doing that is bothering or irritating you because I would like to know. I don't want these meetings or these conversations to feel like, Christians gang up on me. I never do anything right. Like, I don't want it to feel like that, but I'm trying to do my best with coming to you when things bother me because I just cannot live in a situation where I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. It's very uncomfortable. So I said, Hey, I don't know what you had going on in your schedule yesterday, but it really did irritate me that as soon as I got home, you got in the shower and you knew I hadn't showered. And she was like, you were taking too long. You were on the phone. You were just taking too long. And it really irritated me that that was her response. (laughs) Because it's funny how all of a sudden when I got home, that was when like, you just decided, let me get in the shower before Christian. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't want to have to wait two hours after Christian gets out, so let me just go. So what I said to her was, okay, um, I don't, I was just hurt by that because I wouldn't have done that to you um, because there's been multiple times. Basically, at this, at this point, I have made my entire night routine surrounded around 
making sure that when you got home, you could have hot water intentionally. And so for you to, you know, do this to me when you're expecting the opposite, it's, it's like, it's, it's contradictory. So I said that to her. And what I said was, okay, well, would you prefer if this were to happen again for me to like knock on your door and let you know, hey, I'm about to get in the shower. And she was like, yeah. So after that, it was it was tension in the house. And I'm just like, why? Why does there have to be tension? All I'm doing is expressing to you the things that are making the living situation more difficult than it has to be. So why does it feel like every time I express myself, you know, making sure that the tone is right, making sure I'm using those good words, making sure, you know, all of that stuff, I'm doing everything right, and then you're still throwing temper tantrums. So there was one more thing that happened before we just stopped talking. And this was a situation with the ice tray. So I woke up and it was literally like two or three days after I had the conversation about the ice tray. And I was like, hey, um, first of all, I walked to the freezer and I realized that there was a lot of ice cubes missing. And I was like, we just had a conversation about this. Like it wasn't a pro. It happened on a Sunday. So it wasn't a situation where like, oh, my God, my life is over. Like it's just ice. I'm co- I- it's fine. But what I was thinking about was. This would be a problem for me <laughs> if this was a day, this, if this was a Monday. Let's say this was a Monday and I don't, I don't, I leave the house in the morning. I don't come back to the evening. I need my ice cold water. That's a, that's a necessity. That's a necessity. So I said, this would be a problem for me if this was a Monday morning and like, I'm really intentional about filling up the ice tray at night so that in the morning I have my cubes ready to go. So I have the, you know, the temperature that I'm desiring, uh, which is freezing igloo uh, North Pole cold. So I noticed that the cubes were gone. I was like, let me just send her a quick text. She may have forgotten. You know, I'm learning that setting boundaries. Um, setting boundaries is a thing where you may have to remind people like, OK, maybe maybe she forgot. So I just said, um, Hey, I hope you're having a good day today. Um, oh my gosh, a lot of people are, they're like having a tour at the library. And I think they're like, it's like high schoolers having a tour of Temple. And oh my gosh, they're like, oh, watching me record the podcast. It's like, babe, don't look at me. Um, but anyway, I sent her a text. I said, hey, good morning. Um, I hope you're having a good day. I noticed that some of the cubes were missing in the ice tray. Could you please refill them? Um, could you please refill the ice tray when you remove the cubes so that we can both have ice? And she didn't respond. And I'm not the type of person that's going to say, respond to my text immediately. Like, no, you have a life. And also, she was out. And I knew, you know, what she was doing while she was out. So I knew I may not get a response for a few hours. But... She came in the house and was on the phone. So I'm like, okay, you've been on your phone. You're, you're, you're done with the things that you had to do. You've been on your phone today. So now I'm like, let me approach her about the text that I sent. 
I said, hey, um, did you see my text? And she was like, I was in rehearsal with like a really nasty attitude. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I, you know, was communicating to you and I don't even feel like going into the details, but like, basically she just had a nonchalant attitude about it. Like, it's just ice. Like basically her attitude was, it's just ice. Why are we even having this conversation? And the reason why it was, it was, um, hurtful to receive this sort of like nonchalant response was because anytime it came to, you know, whether it was the COVID test um, or whether it was the showering or wiping down my groceries with Clorox wipes when I didn't want to, but I did it because you asked me to. Anything that, anything that would make, anything that would make this living situation more comfortable for you, I was tripping myself to make it happen. Literally. So for me to be making simple requests of you and for you to act like it is literally me asking you, can you please go to Mars and get me a a Belgian waffle and bring it back in five minutes? This is what it this is what she was making it seem like I'm asking for crazy things. I'm asking for you to help me help you help me make this a more comfortable living situation for the both of us. My issue is don't agree to anything that you're not willing to do. If the moment when I asked you, "Hey, could you please fill up the ice tray?" when you remove the cubes, if that's something that you did not want to do, say no. So I can have realistic expectations when I wake up or I can go out and buy myself my own ice tray. So we don't have this issue, but it's the fact that we have conversations. You say, okay, Christian, no problem. I got it. I can do that. And then you turn around and you don't do it. It's just like, you could have just said no. And so after that, this was the, this was the final straw. I know I keep telling y'all situation after situation after situation, but here was the final straw. Her mom comes, she and her mom come into the apartment and they have so many groceries and I'm instantly regretting it. Cause I'm like, I don't even have any food in the fridge right now. So whatever, if they are about to put all of this food in the fridge, I'm not going to have any place to buy food and put it in the fridge or cook and have leftovers. And I'm not going to have anywhere to put them. So while there's tension in the house, her mom, you know, comes in and she's like, hi, Christian. And I say hello to her mom. She's still not speaking to me. We don't speak. She's like, her mom's asking me, like, how was your day? I'm like, it's going. I'm like, why are you trying to make small talk with me? Like, this is, this is kind of pointless. But anyways, I still say hello. I'm responding to her. Um, she's putting all the food away. And then my bagels that were in the freezer, she says, Christian, these bagels are not going to fit in the freezer. Um, where do you want them? Because I'm about to put them in the fridge. And I was like, I want my bagels in the freezer. And she was like, well, they're not going to fit. And I was kind of like, what's the point of you asking me if you're just going to do the opposite? Like, literally, <laughs> like, 
what is the point? So she puts my bagels that were in the freezer into the fridge. And I'm like, oh. Although maybe a lot of people may not consider this a big deal, I, I, consider, I consider small boundary violations an indication of, you know what, you are not <laughs> responsible enough to um, be told some of my bigger boundaries because you're just, you're just going to trample all over them. If I'm telling you, hey, I want my bagels in the freezer, and you say, they're not going to fit, I'm putting them in the fridge, what are other bigger boundaries that you are not going to um, adhere to and, and uphold? So the crazy thing about it is, after her mom leaves, I go in the freezer and I find a spot for my bagels. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy? Right. So I'm just like, you're doing all of this. And there's really no reason for it. And I feel like there was a power play. There was a power play in that situation because in the black community, you already know, if you say anything that goes against what an adult is saying, you're being rude. So I just let it go because I had, it, it took a lot out of me. I was literally shaking, guys. I was literally shaking when I said, no, I want my bagels in the freezer. I was shaking. So once she told me I'm putting, putting them in the fridge, I kind of was like, oh, I'm defeated. <laughs> I will be quiet. So while her mom was in the apartment, her mom was like, I, okay, so I went out and purchased all of my own um, pots, pans, and everything like that, my own toaster, because my roommate brought um, a lot of the stuff um, already. She either had it already or purchased it already. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So she purchased it, and I was like, it doesn't really make sense to have two of everything. But once we had, like, our little issues and stuff, and she came, she got in my face and was like, you have a problem with me, but you're, once again, I do not curse, but I do quote. She said, you have a problem with me, but you keep using my shit? I said, you know what? <laughs> I talked to my therapist about it. She said, Christian, if it's making you anxious, you go by your own. That's it. Period. Point blank. If something is irritating you, if somebody's making you feel guilty for using the things that were purchased for you to use, you go out and you buy your own. I said, okay, therapist, you say less. You ain't got to tell me twice. So what I did was I attempted to put all of my pots and pans in the same cabinet as my roommates, um, just so they could be like out of sight, but it wasn't working. Like if I wanted one particular pot or pan, I had to take every single thing out and literally like, um, it was just, it was just too much. So what I did was I got a little container from Target that I had already purchased. And I put all of my pots and pans in the little container and I put them in the kitchen. And when her mom came, her mom was like, what is this? Whose pots and pans are these? I thought we already put these away. And I just wasn't saying anything because it sounded like a really rhetorical question. Like <laughs> I was kind of just saying silent because at this point I'm already, you're not respecting my boundaries. I told you I wanted the bagels in the freezer. You're not listening. Your daughter's not speaking to me. Like it just didn't feel like a safe space anymore. So I just stopped talking. And I was, mind you, when they came in, I was filing my nails. So I don't know why people, you know, think filing your nails is like a, a nonchalant, like, 
bougie like type of thing to be doing but like I literally I literally was just filing my nails just going about my life like I do my nails so when she was asking about the pots I didn't say anything so she was like my roommate was like no those are hers like those are Christians and so her mom came up to me and was like Christian those are your pots like you don't have any other place where you could put your pots you can't put your pots in your room and I'm just like no like no like I wouldn't I wouldn't even have to buy separate pots and pans if we weren't in a situation where your daughter is making me feel uncomfortable because I'm telling her how we can make the living situation better and she gets an attitude every time. So it's not it's like, you know what? Now, no. I don't I don't I don't want to share. I want to buy my own stuff and I'm going to put it right here in the kitchen. The kitchen that we're both, you know, paying the same price for where, you know, if your daughter wants to, you know, buy whatever she wants and put it like her her daughter, she bought some um some little things that repel bugs and she, she she puts them in the outlets i didn't go up to your daughter and say hey uh you put those um those little bug repellents in the outlets there isn't anywhere else you can put them can you put them in your room like i don't know what was bothering her i think she just doesn't i don't i think she her mom just likes stuff to be like just like aesthetically pleasing or something and so no i was like no and everything in me wanted to get up and put my pots and pans in my room because I just didn't want to deal. I didn't want to deal with the conflict. I literally hate conflict. And I hate, well, in the past, it has been very difficult for me to express my feelings because I feel like people just trample over them. They don't care. Excuse me. So I said, I said nope, there's nowhere else I can put them. They're staying, they're staying in, the, in the container. So I was sitting in my mentor's office and I was expressing to her that I may have to go out and purchase a mini fridge because the fridge that is in the kitchen, I can't fit anything in it. And she said, Christian, it's unsettling to me that you're thinking about buying a mini fridge because the your roommate is being inconsiderate and she filled up the fridge with all of her stuff and now what are you supposed to do and the fact that you're thinking about buying a mini fridge is like no like you you need to say something so I was like what like and I I didn't realize at that time because you know when I go to therapy my therapist and I we talk a lot about what is the thing that Christian can do in the situation to make herself more comfortable? So when they filled up the fridge with all of her stuff, um, my instinct was like, I'm just going to go get my own mini fridge. And my first instinct was not, I should confront them about it because I hate, com- I hate confrontation and I hate conflict. So my thing was, oh, I'm going to go get, get myself a mini fridge. And she was like, Christian, you have to make them you have to confront them and make it known that that's not okay like that's not okay you cannot take up 90 percent actually it was more than that it was like you can't take up 95 percent of the space in the fridge when there's two people like that's some living alone behavior so oh my goodness 
This is like making me so nervous. So I was in my mentor's office and she helped me draft an email to my roommates. And I also CC'd my parents on it. And I said, you know, hello. Um, I know we've had issues in the past, but I do see that you're filling up the fridge and I have no space to put my items. Um, In addition to the fridge conversation, I also addressed that a lot of the uh, fragrances in the common spaces that she was purchasing were irritating my allergies. And I asked if she could remove them. And there was one more point that I made and it was about the thermostat. And the reason I bought up the thermostat was because she would, my roommate would keep turning the heat on to really hot, what I felt were hot temperatures, but then she would walk around. Oh, this was winter time, by the way, for context, it was winter time. She would turn the heat up to 75 degrees and then she would walk around the house in a tank top and shorts. And so I felt it was unfair that she, like, she would turn the heat to 75, and then I would come back, and I would turn the heat to 72. And then I'd come back, and it'd be on 75. So I'd be like, okay, let me see if I could compromise and put it on, like, 73. So I put it on 73, and she'd come back. She'd put it on 75. So I just gave up. And I said, you know what, God? I don't have time for the back and forth. I want to have peace, and I don't have time for thermostat wars. So I let it go. But... (laughs) I could not let it go when I saw that the bill for that month was $200. I've had multiple conversations with my mom about, first of all, my mom sent me a utility bill. She sent me their electric bill and it was like 60 bucks or something. I don't remember. It was really, it was really affordable. And I was like, can, so you're, what you're telling me is a family of five has a electric bill that is 60 bucks and two people have a bill that is $200 so that irritated me because at this time I was paying the electric bill out of my own money so I was about to have to give her my roommate a hundred dollars for a whole bunch of electricity and energy that I felt like wasn't my responsibility So I went ahead and I said, hey, um, the thermostat seems to be a place of disagreement for the both of us, you know, and I also think that $200 is a lot of money um, for two people. Like, I honestly feel like that's ridiculous. And so my therapist was saying like, hey, if she wants to, you know, do what she wants with the thermostat, there needs to be something in place where it's like, you want to, if you want to, you know, rule the thermostat then you need to pay rule the thermostat money like it needs to be 60 40 like when the bills come christian needs to be paying 30 and you need to be paying 70 or you need to be paying 60 percent and christian needs to be paying 40 like it's not fair if it's no type of compromise going on and so when i emailed you know everybody about the thermostat my solution my i wasn't i feel like i feel like how she took it was i'm accusing her of um the bill being high and like her saying that the bill is a different price for like to 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 pocket the money and that wasn't it at all because now every time we pay the bills on the 30th she sends me a screenshot of how much the bill is and that wasn't what I was going for what I was going for was hey I see that it's 200 dollars 
can we agree on a temperature that, you know, that's a compromise and that works for the both of us so that we're not playing this tit for tat because it's really exhausting. They never responded to the, no, they, they never responded to the thermostat email. They did respond to the um, fragrance because I said something about the fragrance um, and her mom was like well was this a problem before the conflict was was were, were strong sense a problem before the conflict and I'm like yes even though I shouldn't have to explain myself yes we have discussed you know when we went to the store we would always discuss how really strong scents irritate my allergies. They make me very nauseous and very sick. And so I did say that. And um, yeah, so she did, she removed, what, what happened? She actually didn't remove anything. She actually I told okay what I said was I'm okay with us having fragrances I'm willing to compromise but what I'm gonna need is for you to spread the um spread the fragrances out like you could put one by the trash can actually I said I I don't want the fragrances to be in the living room because it's it's really irritating my allergies but because I'm not going to say no fragrances period and I'm willing to compromise you can keep one of the the fragrances near the trash can because I was trying to be considerate and not just be like no 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 so um that's what happened with the fragrances but with the fridge her mom responded and was like Christian I told you that there were gonna be some arrangements made in terms of the fridge when I got there. And she was basically, basically she was trying to embarrass me and be like, I told you what was up. And just because you didn't, you wanna act like you didn't care, you were nonchalant, you weren't paying attention. No, I was paying attention and I knew exactly what was going on and I saw how much food you bought. And so I emailed, when I emailed them, I was like, hey, there's so much food in there and it's like bulk. So could you, I don't know, put some of them in smaller containers, downsize a little bit, help me out so I can buy groceries. And so she tried to, she gaslit me. She gaslit me and tried to make me feel like I was stupid and dumb. And so what I did was I took a picture of everything in the fridge and I took a picture of everything in the freezer and I said, most of this stuff is not mine. And so a couple days, I don't know why it took so long, but a couple days later, she had removed all of her food from one of the shelves and so now we have separate shelves and um we have separate shelves in the fridge now and we don't speak and um i have to go to work now and i'm really running over so yeah this is why this is my journey through setting boundaries and this is why I find it so hard to express my feelings and emotions to people because I feel like I'm asking for simple things and nobody listens. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk.